Hello, my name is Andrew Kaler, and you're listening to episode 8 of Andrew Kaler Recordings. Today I'm talking to my friend Jade. Jade and I came to Shanghai on the exact same day with the same company, and we were friends right off the bat. She's super fun. I think you will get a sense of that from listening to this. Um, She's back in America now, but we still keep up. She's pretty cool. We talk about what it's like for her being an Asian American in the United States right now and what it was like for her being in China as somebody who doesn't speak Chinese. Um, We also talk about COVID because how can you not talk about COVID? And if you like Andrew Yang, shit. I'm at school right now. I'm at work on a Sunday, uh, which, you know, normally I wouldn't do. Usually it's Monday through Friday. But we have a labor holiday coming up uh, next week. We get three days off. But to make up for that, we have to come in on a Sunday, uh, which isn't that big of a deal, honestly. It is kind of annoying that we get days off for Labor Day, but then we have to do extra labor. So you just heard the school bell go. Uh, Anyway, that took me off track. Uh, Oh, yeah, we we also talked about Andrew Yang. So... If you like Andrew Yang or are tired of hearing me talk about Bernie, (laughs) uh, we've got something there for you. So I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Trigger warning, uh, we do swear. Uh, I wonder if I should keep even saying that and you should just assume, but you know, I want to, I want to help you guys out. Or if this is the first time you're listening, heads up, we swear on almost every single podcast. I think Jade says fuck right off the bat actually i already swore in this in this recording Jeez. anyway wow this one has really been a mess but i kind of like it so i'm gonna keep it anyway hope you guys enjoy the episode stay tuned for after our talk i'm going to talk some analytics about the podcast i don't know if that'll be interesting for you but i think it's interesting and i'm going to talk about it a little bit so if you're interested in that stick around after the show but before that, enjoy this talk with me and my friend Jade. Hello. Hello. Oh my god. Oh my fucking god. Is that Andrew? <laughs> Dear um, boys. I know. You actually I haven't talked to you in like a few months, right? Yeah, it's been a little bit. Shit, how have you been, man? I'm doing good. I'm like just getting over being sick. And so the world oh, no. is the world is a little brighter after. Did you get like tested weeks. for COVID and everything? <laughs> <laughs> I so I texted my dad because he was like, "How you doing, son?" And I was like, "I'm sick." And he was like, "Like COVID sick?" And I was like, "No, <laughs> not COVID sick. Like, I'm if I had COVID, I would open with that." <laughs> fair enough. Um, fair enough, man. No, no, not COVID sick. Um, I think I just got a cold and then. Like, the weather changed, so, like, the pollen was going crazy, and I have allergies, mm. so, yeah. Oh, shoot. And you're still teaching, right? Yeah, so I work at a primary school, but I only teach, like, nine and a half hours a week, so. Uh, oh, dude, that's so much better than the other job we were working. <laughs> oh, no, it's 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 probably going to be the easiest job I ever have in my life. Like, I can't I can't think of something that would require less of me. Oh my god, that's so nice. Honestly, I wish I could say the same, but surprisingly enough, working front desk is a very stressful job. <laughs> oh no, one I'm not may surprised. not think that. 
I'm not surprised by that at all. Yeah, especially with working in like, you know, with doctors and everything. And it's just, yeah, it's pretty stressful, surprisingly. <laughs> yeah, nobody, I mean, people don't call them like in good moods. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. Yeah. But anyways, I've missed anyway, you, buddy. I missed <laughs> you too. Much. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So do you want to briefly explain who you are? for everybody that's listening yeah sure um my name is jade i met andrew in china almost a, over a year ago now which is kind of crazy yeah, like a year and, and a half. yeah a year and a half wow it's a bit oh my god it's been that long but um i'm 24 i'm currently getting my master's in higher education admissions and leadership and i'm you know just working <laughs> and doing schoolwork and i've been trying to use my voice a lot to um kind of share what's been happening um in the asian community and kind of the hate and racism we're facing um so yeah that's about it um so do you want to explain a little bit your like your family situation and how it's personally relevant for you yeah so i mean growing up asian american um I've been pretty fortunate enough to live in a very diverse area, but my mom's from Utah. Um, She moved here at a really young age and she, fortunately enough, none of us fortunately have never been in any sort of hate crime. Um, Nothing serious has happened to us. And so is my grandma as well. So we are very, very lucky, Um, but that doesn't say like it doesn't affect us um, just as much. So I know my mom for sure. Um, she's been almost victims of a hate crime, but luckily nothing has nothing serious ever happened. But I think as an Asian community in general, we are hurting and we are very, you know, there's a lot of pain that comes with what's been happening these last few weeks overall, and, or no, not few weeks, but like months. Right, right. Um, and is your, your grandma is from China, right? She is from China. She, I don't know exactly when she immigrated here. My my grandma on my mom's side is from China. And then my grandma on my dad's side is from Vietnam. Um, my grandma on my dad's side immigrated after the Vietnam War. And then my grandma, I'm not really sure on my mom's side when she immigrated. But, I mean, she's older, you know. Now she's, like, over 80. And I'm obviously very concerned <laughs> anytime right, she right. walks outside because yeah. anything could happen, especially in my neighborhood was predominantly Asian people, but a lot of people have been coming in robbing Asian, older Asian ladies, stealing their purses, knocking them to the floor. Right. <laughs> it's very concerning. Yeah, well, I, I think that's something that uh, if you're not experiencing it firsthand or it's not happening in your community, I feel like some people don't. You see, like, there's this rise and yeah. you, you could just think like, well, it hasn't happened to me, so I'm fine. But the stress you live under, that's mm-hmm. just every time there's a new story, it's just that could have been me. Like, I, I can't even imagine what that's got to be like, especially for you having, you know, like you said, um, elderly uh, yeah, people in your family. Yeah, like that's because it's from what I've seen, it seems most of the stories I see, uh, see online, it mm-hmm. is uh, women. Yeah. Or even um, what really started this was um, a a Thai. He was he's Thai and I believe he was like 80 something and he got pushed over just for no reason. And his name was Vitra. I can't pronounce his last name, but his name is Vitra. I actually met his stepkids. Really nice. Like, yeah, really nice people. 
Um, actually, yeah, the trial for the guy who pushed him over is actually on Monday for the second trial. So that'll be interesting. But um, what really started this was like this big movement was him being pushed over for no reason. And I don't even think the guy even stole anything. Yeah, I, I, rem- I, I remember seeing the video. Him. Yeah, he just pushes him from behind. Yeah. And you know what's crazy is that I actually work near that area. Wow. Yeah, I was in the, I believe it was in the Richmond. So it definitely hit close to home. And and I just do want to highlight that, you know, hit, him being pushed over isn't the first time that's ever happened in the Asian community. I think it's definitely the first one's been very highlighted and started this movement. But hate towards Asian Americans has been happening well before Vitra. You know, so I'm glad right, it's right. finally getting light. I'm really happy it's finally getting light and the news is finally um, pu- speaking of it and it's finally getting like publicized. You know, it's really happening. Well, and I think at least in America, there's this idea. I'm sure you've encountered this many times, like the idea of Asians being the model minority. Um, and so there's like this idea then. And so then... Uh, at least some of the people I talk to that are, I don't want to say racist, but a little mm-hmm. less sensitive to racial issues, I guess, is how mm-hmm. it right. would, would be the nice way of saying it. Um, you know, they always say like, well, you know, black people have a hard time. Hispanic people have a hard time. But look at the Asian community. Like, look how like, look how well they do. And which is I, so not true. <laughs> which Well, yeah, exactly. Um, you yeah, know, I forget. I forget where I heard this, but New York City, like one of the, like this, they have like a super high homeless Asian population. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. and so yeah, like you said, it's just it's kind of this this myth. Um, and so then whenever people talk about all these hate crimes that are going on, for a lot of people, like they think this is something that's kind of like come out. It's just COVID related, and it's yes, like, no, and a no, lot dude. of people, like, yep. <laughs> No, this has been happening. I exactly the the Um, first the first ban on immigrants America ever had was against Chinese people, and that's going back, you know, like the eighteen hundreds. Yeah, it's it's, and I actually have gone that a lot too because I've been um, volunteering with Chinatown Safety Patrol. Um, shout out to them because though that core group of people are just working super hard, making sure you know that community is safe and. You know, I've gotten a lot of people who ask me, like, when did this start happening? Like, why is it happening now? And I'm like, well, I think what really kicked it off was, was, you know, it became very political where it's like China started COVID and, you know, and him saying hurtful things about, you know, the Chinese government. But that initially rolled down to Chinese people, you know, and I think it was that what really tipped the scale of Asian hatred. Yeah. So, yes, this has been going on a lot, but that really just put the cherry on top of everything. And, yeah, speaking of the Exclusion Act, I don't know if you've seen Warrior on HBO Max, but I it is not. one of the best shows. Oh, my God, it's so good. It's actually directed by Bruce Lee's daughter. Oh, cool. And obviously, yeah, and obviously a lot of things were over-exaggerated, but um, it does discuss about the um, Exclusion Act that happened Very when cool. Chinese people first came off the boat and was, extor- it was um, used for cheap labor. Right. So I really highlighted that. And yeah, let me tell you, man, being Asian American, is, it's not easy as well. You know, every minority has people of color have, you know, like their own struggles we feel we face and Asian people are definitely it's a, it's a big struggle for us as well. 
you know, we're just trying to do our best to survive. Like my grandma worked three jobs, <laughs> you know, almost a single parent. And my mom grew up, you know, not in the best, not in the best environment as well. So yeah, every person struggles for sure. Um, at least for me, I did not realize uh, how much a lot of American people don't like China until I moved to China, funny enough, like getting yeah. getting outside of it. And then, you know, even people that I'm friends with, um, just like mm-hmm. hearing the things they have to say about China, I guess like intensified because now I'm kind mm-hmm. of like, I'm like the poster child for China, basically. Like I'm like the person that has like the most direct connection to it. So I guess I get more of it than I would have before. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, just being here, I'm just like, holy crap. Like a lot of Americans have very negative feelings about China and also are not shy about sharing them. Like there's no, um, I I think uh, for better or for worse, like there is some sort of, sensitivity around um you know like black lives matter somebody might not like Mm -hmm. they'll be like you know i don't agree with it but you know i understand why they're angry like they're gonna try to tiptoe around it um Mm -hmm. but with china man people just do not hold back like they will they have no hesitation saying exactly how they feel um and so much of it just comes from western media of course because you know how often are you actually interacting with people from China, um, mm-hmm. especially like in the South? Like I know you're in you're in California, right? Yeah, SF. Yeah, so there's a lot more, a lot more Asian people there. But at least where I'm from, like in the South, like in Florida, there we have a decent number of people. But mm-hmm. um, obviously, they, there's not as much of a there. We don't have as yeah. many hard feelings towards Filipino people, but. Well, what it's really interesting is because, like, when I have these kinds of discussions with, you know, people I know, the first thing you think of China is you think communism, right. you know, and then you think communism is bad, America's democracy, China's communism. So it's like there's already that kind of like hatred towards that government. I mean, like, you know, you do you, but let me tell you, when I went to China, and obviously you can attest for this, I mean, it was so awesome. <laughs> I've yeah. never felt so safe. <laughs> Right. You know, I could walk around 3 a.m., headphones in, whatever. And the people there were super nice. Obviously, you can't you can't say certain things, you know, can't talk about religion, politics, but people don't realize how awesome China really is, you know, as just a country as a whole. The people are great. I mean, they ha- they work hard and and something people don't really realize until you actually move there and you experience it. So and yeah, a lot of people just don't really like their government which is fine you know like we each have our own opinion but that definitely stems a lot from the go- people thinking the government represents the people exactly yeah totally um and when i did the podcast with my mom um i was saying how much that bothers me because people will be like oh china this china that china this and i'm like okay you're talking about the chinese government which is like this is it's like the biggest country in the world. And you're talking mm-hmm. about the government like there are literally over a billion people here. And most of mm-hmm. them, it's like no influence on what the government does. Yeah. And like, for the most was- part, I had a lot of I had a lot of freedom when I went there. I mean, granted, I was an expat, you know, being Asian American, but, you know, people don't really realize like, China really, I, I really, I really think it's a great country, you know, in terms of the people there. And um, 
you know obviously a lot of countries have its flaws but people don't realize like it was it was one of the best places one of the best experience i had was living in china and you know it's really ironic because my grandma obviously you know immigrated from china worked her ass off you know to make sure you know we have a great life in america just for me to like what go back to china <laughs> which i think is pretty funny you know pretty ironic yeah. and she was obviously very upset by it because her her thoughts of china was what like 30 50 years ago right right which is so different than what it what it is now absolutely i was yeah. i was just saying i was with i don't know if you know my roommate deja um but I I, with, I've heard her name, but I've never met her. Um, I was with her and the British Hannahs last night and Sharn. And um, and I was saying, like, I, I don't I don't know if there's anywhere like in human history where like if you were in Shanghai like 80 years ago to now, I don't know if there's mm-hmm. ever been anywhere that's gone through like more change, like in such a short amount of time. Yeah. I mean, they built like a what a, a train that goes like all the way around the country and stuff in Shanghai's metro. I know that I know that metro's new, you right. know. So they were able to build everything so quickly, which is obviously you know no other country could really pull that off, but China. But um, a, yeah, I don't know. It's just interesting that you know when you think China, you think now now when you think China, you think COVID. Right. <laughs> so that's where that's where it kind of just stems from because, like I said, you know there's always obviously been hate towards Chinese people before, but now that just tipped everything off. And that's what really is motivating a lot of these hate crimes towards Asian Americans, which is, you know, obviously it's so sad because it's not, it's not the case. <laughs> right. I, I do. I do think this is something I've been thinking about a lot as well, where mm-hmm. it's these, these people that are, that are doing these attacks and these people that are posting things online. Mm-hmm. Did they, did they always, like hate asian people and then this was kind of just the tipping point for them or are they like racist opportunists where they're like okay like i want to hurt somebody and now i kind of have an excuse and people will like cheer me on if i do this like it's it, it's just so i don't know like i i, I guess I'm, I'm trying to put my head in the mind of a racist and it's kind of it's kind of hard to do like but yeah, yeah i just it doesn't i don't know it doesn't make sense to me and, on many and you levels. know it's something so crazy too. The story I heard was uh, my friend actually told me this, and he was like, "There's some rapper, um, some SoundCloud rapper that was like getting really big. He told his friends to like have sex with Asian women specifically, and yeah, have sex with them, and then go rob their parents, <laughs> which Jesus. is like, yeah, which is so so brutal, and it's like it's really scary." Yeah, you know, putting things into perspective, and it's like, anytime I go out with my grandma now, like, I went to Chinatown with her and my two cousins, Ava, Ava's like twelve, and Ethan's around nine ish. And before I left, I was like, "Hey, just to let you guys know, I don't know if you're aware, there's a lot of hate crimes towards Asian Americans, so we need to make sure we stick together and make sure our grandma's taking care." You know, but it's the reality of it. Right? Yeah. No, it's just that's so sad because they're so young. Yeah. And it's very, wow. yeah, and I agree. And, and unfortunately, it's the, it's the, you know, unfortunately, it, it is what it is, you know. So when I took my grandma, obviously, we're all like, on our toes, making sure we're okay, you know. And it's, yeah, it's very sad. But the stuff we have to just endure these last few months and just seeing just helpless people pushed over, robbed. 
for some cash <laughs> like really and, and you know and i and a lot of i do for, kind of blame our government too like we need to make sure we provide sources and fund and like funds for people so they don't have to do stuff like this right right yeah um it's in crazy class, man. this was this was like a month or so ago in class um with my fourth graders we were talking about like fear and like what we're scared of mm-hmm. and um so you know most kids are saying like snakes spiders you know just the, mm-hmm. the ghosts the normal stuff this little boy says Americans. <laughs> and I was like, and I was like, oh, buddy, like I'm American, and like th- this other kid goes, Andrew, you? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, guys, like I'm American. And the kid was oh, like, no. oh, he was like, oh, well, like you're okay. And I'm like, yeah, like, oh I feel like, it, like it just hurt my heart so much because you know these they're they're fourth graders like they're not mm-hmm. like they don't really know what's going on they're just hearing what their parents yeah. are talking about and yeah. i mean and and if you watch the news i mean thank god trump's not in office anymore but like thank god man. Twitter, like when yep. people this is like a slight tangent but when people are like oh like taking him off twitter won't do anything they took him off Twitter and holy shit, did that do some things mm-hmm. because, you know, like he's, he's still obviously saying shit, but I don't see it anymore. And yeah. like, it really did have such a big impact, but mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he's saying stuff all the time and you just yeah. like, you're, you're just feeding the fire. Like it doesn't help at all. And so like, and, like talk about brainwashing <laughs> because, you know, most people, and I'm trying to not generalize the far right, but, you know, they do call people on the left, like brainwashed and sheep when Donald Trump literally said, okay, guys, let's storm the Capitol and show them how tough we are. <laughs> and they right. all went, which yeah. by the way, was absolutely insane when the Capitol got basically like taken down almost. Right. Um, well, no, it's so funny because America wants to like lecture everybody and pretend like they're like this morally superior thing. And then all you have to do is watch their own news and you're like, holy shit, that country is going through some crap right now. Mm-hmm. Like, and we are so unstable too as a right. country. And my biggest thing, and one thing I really do like try and voice is like, you know, we all, easier said than done, but like we all really need to come together and like (laughs) kind of discuss you know like and just and just like we got to like just come together because it's like this isn't helping anyone we're all going through this pandemic together I mean thank god things are opening up and everyone's vaccinated and stuff but you know there's just such a big divide between like like all these ethnicities when it's like that that should never be the case you know we all really need to be together and be allies and just stick up for one another and be there for each other for this awful year or the all, year and a half now that we've all been through. Yeah, I, I think I think that definitely plays a big part in it. Like people, I mean, not to say that all of these issues came out of nowhere, because obviously right. things have been headed this way for a while. And then COVID just multiplied it. But I don't think uh, people are really talking enough about the stress that has been caused by this last year and how much that's playing into everything that's going on i mean it's not it's not a coincidence that as soon as they start letting people go outside again there's just like mass shootings almost every single day like that's not it's not coincidental and like you said the government does bear a huge amount of responsibility for that um you know the fact that 
two stimulus checks were given out the entire time. Which, and, by the way, um, I did not receive. <laughs> really? I received some of it. I received some of it, but I didn't receive all of it. And I'm I'm pretty critical in our government. And, and I've been in education. I am so for funding our public schools. Yeah. That's what we need to do is fund our public schools, give them enough resources. So we have enough after school care. So these kids don't have to resort to trying to survive to provide for their families. Yeah. You know, they, these, we need better education for our lower income, like children. And it's so sad that you have stupid Betsy DeVoe. Thank God she's not in office anymore. That doesn't oh, yeah. even, yeah. God bless she, her fucking soul. Cause Jesus Christ. Right. No, she, <laughs> she holds like a very special place in my heart like out of like all like out of pretty much like out of every besides trump like yeah. everyone in that everybody that he had she in particular just rubs me the wrong way um mm-hmm. yeah but speaking of politics i don't know if you do you listen to armchair expert i do not so it's pretty much my favorite podcast and they just had an episode with andrew yang yesterday which made me think that's of a, you. That's my guy. Let me tell you, folks. I love Andrew Yang. If I ever meet him one day, I'm going to cry. And then Andrew <laughs> Yang, if you're listening, I want to meet you so bad. You know, I actually met someone in his campaign. And he said he's a really cool dude. And I believe it. <laughs> yeah, he, he seems so sweet. Like, he just seems like such a good guy. Oh, my God. If I ever meet him, I am going to cry. I, like, I literally... I, I love this guy. I love him. He totally changed my view. And it was never a case of, oh, because he's Chinese or Taiwan. I think he's Taiwanese because he's Asian. Um, I'm going to vote for him. That was never the case. Like, I do want to make clear of that. But what he said when I was watching, like, one of the, when I was watching like one of the debates, he said, you know, Instagram really hinders, especially young girls, mental health. And we expanded on that. And I was like, oh, my God, who is this guy? Because I love him. <laughs> yeah, I, I- oh. Um, I, I can't really think of any other candidate, at least for president, that I've seen in my lifetime that just like touched on the issues he was t- like talking on. Like everybody kind of talks about the same thing right. and they all just have like slightly different stances on it. Um, mm-hmm. But he was just talking about stuff nobody else was talking about and stuff that was like so relevant um, mm-hmm. and so important. But so much of politics is just like, let's build a wall no let's not build a wall let's have more immigrants yeah. let's not have more immigrants and it's just it's so yeah. like it, these debates are never going to end and they're just going to go back and forth with whoever's in power but then he's talking about ubi and he's talking about like how ai is going to affect the market and stuff and i'm like mm-hmm. good someone's actually talking about like issues that yeah. are relevant in 2021 2020 um like these are new issues um yeah. In the podcast, he was talking about, and he's talked about this a lot, but he was talking about it saying, um, the, the guy, the host of the show was saying, don't you think it's kind of defeatist to say that, you know, robots are just going to take our jobs. And so we need to start <laughs> like providing people with money to like cut away from that and kind of help them out. He's like, isn't that kind of defeatist? Like, haven't people always, you know, there's, there's new innovations and people find new jobs. Like, mm-hmm. and Andrew Yang was like, yeah, like this isn't the first time this has happened, but every time yeah. there's a major technological uh, innovation, there is mm-hmm. tons of negative things that happen. It's not just like the market immediately adjusts and people find new jobs. 
um, mm-hmm. there's always there's always violence, like people yeah. violence, violence being, you know, people not being able to feed their kids, but then also literal violence, you know, yeah. riots and stuff. And, you know, that's it's going to happen again unless unless we do something about it. And he's the only person talking about that kind of stuff. And, you know, what's really funny, too, is because I remember this. He said, you know, immigrants are not taking your jobs. The robots are. If you go right. into Amazon, you don't see immigrants. You see robots, <laughs> you know. And speaking of Amazon, like, they completely overwork their employees. Like, I remember reading an article saying how their employees would, like, have to, like, pee in cups. Right. Just to, right. like, get these Amazon Prime packages out for, like, you know, our packages, which was instantly so crazy. But yeah, I stand for energy. Everything about UPI is great. And it's and it's like my biggest issue was like when people were like, oh, people don't want handouts. <laughs> and it's like, who wouldn't want more money? Like, right, come on, right. people. Like, who? What? Give me your stimulus check then. I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like, who? that's my biggest thing is who wouldn't want more money? And it's like most of you think about your average American household. Most of these people are probably working multiple jobs. You know, especially lower income families trying to sustain, you know, trying to just survive. Right. And it's like this. And I hate it when people say, oh, it's just going to be like throwaway money when they're wearing like a, a $2,000 Gucci shirt. Right. You know? Yeah. So I don't know. I'm such a big UBI fan. I always will be. And I wish I saw Andrew Yang in New York. I actually went to New York last a few weeks ago and I was looking for him. <laughs> <laughs> On the hunt. <laughs> oh, um. yeah. So my introduction to UBI was this book called Utopia for Realists, which is like one of mm-hmm. my absolute favorite books. Um, and so the guy was talking about the, the author was saying like a lot of issues that we face are really complicated. Um, mm-hmm. Like climate change is not just as easy as like everybody just like recycle and we'll be good. Like it's really complicated yeah, yeah. education, really complicated. Like, Mm-hmm. But as far as poverty goes, poverty is actually really simple because poverty yeah. just means mm-hmm. this person doesn't have enough money. Give them money and then they're not in poverty anymore. Like it's <laughs> literally that simple. And I was yeah. reading, I was just I was like, holy shit, like I've never thought about it that way. Like it really is like one of the most simple things to solve because poverty is literally just a number. Like it's like, okay, you have mm-hmm. less money than this. Just give them enough money so that they are no longer below solve and like we have enough to do it that is my point we spent how many millions of dollars for our army for our military forces when we could be used trillions of dollars when we can usually we we can just use like one of those trillions maybe and put them into our public schools (laughs) put them into like like lower income families put it into my pocket like I'm middle, I'm considered, you know, I'm considered middle class, but God, there's some days where I'm just like, am I going to eat? <laughs> you know? So we put trillions of dollars into our military. God bless them. But there needs to be such a better way to resource that money. So that way we can all survive. And that way every American can prosper. I saw, which, oh my God. I saw an article the other day. And the headline said, millennials are buying less groceries, but also eating out less. How is that possible? <laughs> and like the quote tweet was like, we're not eating. Like, it's not well, that complicated. A, there's a reason why millennials, millennials are living at home still. Like, for example, me, I have no shame. I live at home. I'm saving money. 
and actually had a really interesting discussion about my mom with this. And she was like, you know, I was 23 when I bought my first house and I had you when I was 23. And it's like, what, you know, she, she wasn't trying to hate on millennials, but she didn't understand why it's so hard for yeah. us <laughs> to get a good job by house. Well, I'll tell you now, especially for San Francisco, when Silicon Valley took over, housing prices skyrocketed. Right. completely skyrocketed so when my mom bought this house i'm currently living in she bought it for what three hundred thousand. now this house is worth over a million yeah and right. i'm sorry but i'm not going to work in tech i'm not in healthcare. you know i'm not like a nurse or a doctor so it's like how am i supposed to survive and put a down payment on a home that's like a hundred thousand dollar down payment when i'm only making what fifty thousand dollars if not that you know not a little bit more and it's a huge problem especially for millennials well, and, and Yang was talking about how um, UBI uh, helps people be able to move because going into the yeah. uh, 2016 election, uh, people moving between state lines was at like a record low because people literally mm-hmm. just can't afford to move. And so you're yeah. stuck. You're stuck like where you are. And most of the time you're stuck renting, which is just, you know, you're you're putting money in, but you're not like mm-hmm. actually getting anything. Um like long term and so people yeah. are just stuck literally and or they yeah. move to like middle of nowhere like i know a lot of san francisco people in the bay area moved to texas because you can get like a 10 bedroom 10 bedroom 10 bathroom for like fifty thousand dollars <laughs> or they moved to portland oregon so it's like all the people who can't afford the gentrification here is so bad it's like people can't afford living here anymore well so i was living in nashville before um, i came to shanghai for a little less, and even just seeing how quickly it was changing there um was crazy because like the city's growing really fast but you know a lot of people have been living there like their whole lives like it's like generations but they can't afford to live there anymore um yeah like and they pay teachers so poorly um like a lot of teachers a lot of teachers can't even afford nashville so they have to live outside of the city and then commute in to teach and it's just like if you if you're not paying your teachers enough to live in the city they're teaching in like something is wrong Mm -hmm. yeah it's yeah it's just such a mess and like and yeah to to kind of hop on that it's like so a lot of people here in san francisco have actually moved to the east base like oakland richmond like all you know that side of the bridge and then what happens is they commute here into the city and that causes so much traffic and you know i understand that traffic isn't you know the biggest concern but if you think about it i mean what could take you easily 40 minutes to get to you know without traffic without this overpopulation and people moving outside coming in is now taking you like two hours to get somewhere yeah because so many people are just moving out they can't afford it and then it's like that also causes a lot of like mental health issues thinking about it okay you live in the east bay you have to come in you have to wake up what two hours early before so you have to get into work at seven, wake up at five o'clock at least. Cause I know my, a lot of my coworkers do that and it's just so draining and tiring. And it's like, right. I'm sorry, but our government needs to do a better job providing resources. So, you know, we don't have to do all these crazy things to just to survive. Yeah. One you know? of my, one of my Chinese friends was asking, um, she was like, like, why do, why do Americans drive so much? And why do you guys like take planes? <laughs> Like, why don't you guys just, like, take the metro? And I was like, <laughs> because that is not a thing pretty much anywhere. Um, yeah. 
And it's also not like Shanghai's, where it's like the most yeah. reliable, fastest, largest uh, metro system in the world. And like, I know they were talking about building a bullet train from like SF to like Vegas and LA, but obviously that never, that completely fell through. And it's like people, yeah, they were trying to privatize it in this whole big mess. But it's like, if we just build a, just build a train, you know, they'll create less, you know, and we would have we would have to fly as much, which is causing so much of the pollution. Right. No, I mean it yeah, all. Man, it, all it all makes it all makes too much sense. It's just the difference is, is then the car companies aren't making money, and I yeah, know. and then you're not selling. That's oil capitalism for you, and, man. It's capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> yep. This is why I love Bernie too. I was in it before I met Andrew Yang. I was all for Bernie. You know, dude, that guy's like what eighty something years old, and he he's gets old. it. He's old as hell. <laughs> He is very old, and he's a big mood. If I'm being honest. Oh yeah, no, he is the crankiest old man, and it's I I love yeah. it. Like, <laughs> yeah, um, what's it called? I know um Jill Biden's wife. I know she still teaches at a community college, and yeah. I absolutely love that because we need more people in the office who understand. Because the thing about community college is that there's such a big stigma behind it. Like, oh, people at community college, you know they didn't get into university so it's like a downgrade right you know so it's just nice seeing someone in office that can represents you know someone who works for community college just extremely educated yeah i i so i don't i don't know if you've read any malcolm gladwell books um i'm not a big reader andrew you, know, <laughs> you most, should know that <laughs> most people i mean like 95 percent of people are also not so you shouldn't you shouldn't feel bad about it and you know what's um, so funny is because my my boyfriend's getting a PhD and he reads like not kidding like fifty pages at least a day and I'm just like no <laughs> no thank you. <laughs> um, well, I talk about him like way too much. Malcolm Gladwell, not your boyfriend. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I talk about him way too much, so I like made a rule for myself to not talk about him on the podcast. But I haven't talked about mm-hmm. him in several podcasts, so now I can talk about him. Um, mm-hmm. he was talking about uh he did he so he's he's like a journalist so his books are mm-hmm. of uh, but he was talking about this woman who was like really it's like graduated like time. and mm-hmm. when she just she decided to go to like one of like the ivy league schools and ended up dropping out after two years um because mm-hmm. it was just too much and people were just like like there just wasn't a community people were just there like mm-hmm. you know grind and he he was showing how like um like middle middle of the road schools actually so the the way he examined it was what percentage of college graduates end up being published in scientific journals and Mm -hmm. middle of the road uh colleges like Mm percentage-wise actually put out just about as much as the ivy league schools because wow because if you're really smart and you go to a school where everybody's really smart, mm-hmm. like don't learn as much because you're just competing with everybody and just like trying mm-hmm. to like keep your head above water. Whereas mm-hmm. if you go to like this like middle of the road school where you mm-hmm. are harder people, it actually helping you out more in the long run. And mm-hmm. so I, you know, I think the same thing with community college where a lot of, a lot of people I went to school with, uh, I went to a four year college and I loved it. And I had a great mm-hmm. time. But a lot of the people I went to school, 
lot of my friends that have gone to bigger universities are just like, shit, I really wish I'd spent the first few years at community college yeah. and then gone to college and then finished, mm-hmm. you know, at one of the universities, one, because of massive debt. And then yeah. two, you know, your first two years, you're basically just doing prereqs anyway. So it doesn't, it doesn't actually matter. No, 100%. And, you know, I actually was super against going to community college. because I went to community college for three years. And I was talking to my parents and they're like, you know, if you go off to a four-year university, you're going to be in so much debt, basically enough to pay a mortgage on a house. Or you can go to community college, you can get a car, and you'll be saving us so much money. So I was like, oh, man, you know, what a tough decision. <laughs> so I stayed home and... <laughs> That's such a, it, that's the biggest thing. It's like community college is such a great outlet for everyone and you get to save so much money. So I, I definitely think my experience at community college was much better <laughs> than going to a four year university just because like everyone was on the same boat. Everyone was on the same page about everything. And um, it was just so affordable, you know. So that's the biggest thing about community college and the education was great. I had so many great teachers and actually a lot of the teachers who taught at community college also taught at our local state schools and universities. Yeah. So community college definitely needs to be, a, you know, highlighted in a better light. And I actually didn't know this, but people in the UK, um, their education system is completely different, but they don't even have anything like community college over there. And I was talking right. to one of my um, boyfriend's um, friend who's a teacher out there. And he was like, you know, I know so many people who could definitely benefit from community college because it's a great place there if, if you don't want if you don't know what you want to do just go to community college save you a few you know thousands and thousands of dollars and then just explore and then there's no lot there's no rush to finish right yeah man yeah. I, I love my community college go bulldogs <laughs> <laughs> well in the uk is funny too because if you don't pay your student debt off in I think it's like 30 years if you don't if you haven't paid it all off then it's just gone they're just done with it they're like never mind you're you're good um yes and, and it's, it's like, like in, such Amer- a- in america you if literally if you die you still owe your student debt like <laughs> and it gets like passed off to like you know your next of kin basically which yeah, is yeah which is awful just insane and speaking of student debt isn't biden supposed to like cancel at least fifty thousand dollars for for students like what is he, he, what what's up with that that is something that he said when he was running <laughs> yeah and that's my thing with politicians man they never say the word i mean thank god he won don't get me wrong i voted for joe biden but yeah. it's a big thing that yeah. we have to hold him accountable for his promises you I, know um I'll, I'll like i'll be talking to people that voted for trump and i'll just be complaining about biden and they're like, hmm, like I bet you're kind of you're kind of kind of questioning your vote now. And I'm like, absolutely not. Like, no way. <laughs> like, like I I did not like like when when the 2020 like presidential campaign first was starting off, which felt mm-hmm. like it started in like 2010. Like that was like the yeah. longest presidential campaign ever. Yes. Um, when it first started, I was just like, man. L- please literally anyone besides joe biden <laughs> was, i knew i knew i knew it was gonna be him like i just i had yeah. no doubt like um I, I was talking to fern and this was like i was like i was like man like i'm really like i'm really just not happy to be voting for joe biden yeah and he was like 
And he was like, yeah, you know, it really sucks. Bernie didn't get it. And I was like, yeah, but I mean, Bernie was never going to get it. And he was like, what do you mean? Yeah. And I was like, Bernie Sanders was never going to like never he never, ever, ever would he ever get the Democrat nomination. Like, yeah. I don't care if he was running against like Satan. The Democrats still would be like, <laughs> oh, I don't know. Like, let's let's give it to somebody else. And yeah. Fern was like, he was like, Fern, or he was like, Andrew, we went to, like, we went to like events together. Like we went to like campaign events together. Like, why did you make me do that if you didn't think yeah. Bernie was going to win? And I was like, I mean, I still got to support my guy. Like, oh, 100%. And like, it's, you know, it's really funny speaking of that. Cause when I was talking to someone who was in Andrew's campaign, like I donated to his campaign. I mean, I didn't donate much, but it was my first time ever donating and I was in China, <laughs> so I was still donating in his campaign while he was still in the race. And I was kind of talking to my friend, and I was like, you know, how is it? Okay, obviously, let's be real. Andrew Yang was not going to win. He spoke maybe 10 minutes in the presidential debate. Right. There's nobody who's going to get enough votes. I mean, people still don't even know him. They yeah. just, you know, saw an Asian guy on TV. Okay, cool, whatever. And I talked to him. I was like, what was it like kind of being on a campaign? I mean, you guys kind of had to know at some point there was no way he was going to do it. There's no way he was going to win. And then he said, it's not about him winning. It was about sharing his voice, yeah. right? And showing his ideas. Now look at us talking about UBI, automation, right. Right. all the things he completely campaigned on. And it's like, oh, wow, you know, that's a really good, that's a really good point. <laughs> yeah, to- totally, totally the same thing with Bernie. And uh, yeah, the people I was working with, and when, when I was in Nashville doing campaign events, like they were, everybody was of the exact same mindset, except there was like, there was this one elderly couple and they were so sweet and they were just like total hippies. And they were like, I, they, I think he's got a real shot. And we were all just like, yeah, <laughs> of course, of course. Oh my does. God. I love that. <laughs> but yeah, the rest, like the rest of us, basically everybody else was just like, most of them were teachers and they were all just like so like quiet and nice and soft spoken. Mm-hmm. Like so, it was an odd group of people, but yeah. they were just all so nice and just pleasant to be around. Yeah. And they were all just like, yeah, like we really like these are the issues we care about, and these are practical mm-hmm. things that we're doing in the community to like get the word out. It was, ugh, it was good. Like it was wholesome. Yeah. Like I, I don't like I, I see these Trump rallies, and I'm like, I don't understand how <laughs> people walk away from these feeling good about themselves. Like, yeah. Just and going. have you um what's it called have you seen jordan kepler i think on the jordan um, Klepper, yes i literally yes. just watched Dude. yesterday like the 30 minute thing me too god i love oh him so god. much I and he really just so shine light on like the hip i mean obviously each side's gonna have hypocrisy but like come on man like they are literally brainwashed and that's why i say like that's why when Donald Trump was saying, oh, the Kung flu virus and China and how China is like government's awful. I mean, you know, whatever. But it's like that really is that really influenced their people to just completely like go. I mean, go on a rampage on it on Asians, you know, and it's, it's really sad yeah. to see. And it's it's scary. Yeah, it's absolutely. so scary. It, yeah, it really is. Um, You know, people say it all the time, but the re one of the reasons he won i mean there's a lot of reasons he won but one of it is he really did create this whole new base of voters that did not exist before yeah um, and yeah and you see those people in those in those videos and like i love jordan clever because he could just go there and just make fun of people and it would be so easy but 
you know, he really does like engage with those people. Yeah. And like like try to and like try to understand like what they're frustrated with and like why they're why they are that way. Like he's cool. I like him a lot. It's it's very um discussion based, right? He's not trying to force his ideologies, he's trying to understand. But yeah. obviously there's a lot of comedy behind it. But um man, that, that 30 minute clip was absolutely hilarious. If my like I was glued to my phone <laughs> watching this because yeah. it's interesting seeing people's perspective onto things you know like why did you vote for trump and why do you love him so much and i agree when trump ran for president i mean he completely flipped the republican party like they're not even considered true republicans i don't think they're what does cuomo call them um and you call them like trumplicans or something like that right (laughs) which is a big thing he totally flipped that party and it's like even people in his own party don't even like can't stand him right yeah, George Which Bush, is, like, yeah. No, like no, no former Republican president voted for him. Like both, both George Bushes did not vote for him. Oh my god! And um, and it's crazy too, is because like he, I remember him saying like, "Oh, Obama was responsible for Ebola and blah blah." And it's like Trump, you should have closed. He should have closed the border early on. Yeah, and he should have, and he should have done. He should have done way more. Yeah. to try and help our people. Instead of just saying, oh, COVID's a hoax. Yeah. You know, trying to debunk that. And now all of his followers are like, oh, COVID's not real. The vaccine's a tracking device, which, you know, being in healthcare, that's that's awful to hear. And I know people who work in the COVID, the COVID, um, like in the hospitals, the, um, in the hospitals where they treat all the COVID patients. Like I have really close friends who work that. It's just like, it's hard to hear, honestly. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I feel like when it first started out, everybody was like, oh, we need to thank our frontline workers. Like, they're our heroes. They're essential, blah, blah, blah. And then it just so quick. Then you just see videos of people, like, yelling at doctors and nurses and stuff. Like, like it just changed so fast. It was a huge problem because I remember watching on the news that people in scrubs were getting, like, harassed (laughs) or getting, like, you know, picked on because, you know, they're – poor nurses and stuff are trying to treat these COVID patients and like people across the street are like being awful to them. Yeah. Which is crazy. I, mean, I don't think that's the case now, but um, that's why people really need to get vaccinated. And I don't know. I I'm personally, luckily fully vaccinated, but you know, just do your research. If you're not able to get vaccinated, don't, but if you can do it, cause you're saving someone else. Right. Yeah. It's crazy. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to get mine. Uh, I, sh- I should be getting it here pretty soon. They've made it available. I've just been lazy about it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, I'm so ex- I'm so excited to get it, and I, like I'm gonna do like n- zero research. I'm gonna tr- I'm gonna try yeah. to not even figure out what the name of it is, just so I can like yeah. go on, just so I can go on Facebook and be like, "Hey guys, just got my China vaccine. Did zero <laughs> research. Like, couldn't even tell you what's in me, but I got so, it." Like. Let me ask you this, Andrew. Like, what has has anything really changed in China before COVID and after? Because obviously, when I when I left, it was when the whole lockdown and everything, and everyone's stuck in their houses. But what's it like now? Has anything really changed? Um, you still have to wear your mask on the metro. Okay. Um, sometimes at like a mall or like movie theaters, they'll like scan your health code. So if you leave, if you leave and travel you have to scan your health code and then it'll show like where you've been. 
So mm-hmm. I went to Ningbo a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. and they scanned my health code. So like when I, I took a train because they mm-hmm. have those and <laughs> right. uh, it was like a two hour train. And so it's like as soon as I got to the uh, train station in Ningbo, um, when I opened my health code, I had to like register and say like, I'm, I came from Shanghai. Here's my phone number. Here's my emergency contact. And then like they just look at it and let you go. And then when you, when I came back to Shanghai, the same thing happens. So they're able to track people through that, which is it's super easy. And mm-hmm. like it makes sense. Yeah. Like it it drives yeah. me crazy. All these people that are upset, like they're like, oh, like they're changing this, and this is the government taking over. Blah blah. blah. I'm like, all of these things already existed. Like, why are yeah. we acting like these are new things? It drives me crazy. But well, and it's know. like same thing here it's like same thing here right people think oh the vaccines there's a tracker in it i mean i hope to god they're not serious but i feel like they are and it's like what does google and your you know what does google do what does your iphone do it has your location it knows everything you search everything you download all your personal information so it's like this this has already been happening yeah um i i do think and 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 of course with with trump supporters and with covid anti you know, anti-vax people, like, there are so mm-hmm. many, like, degrees to it. Some people are, you know, just full-blown, just QAnon, all, oh all the way, all <laughs> the way, like, in that mess. But there are, like, yeah. people that are just, you know, like, a little bit wary. And, yeah. you know, like, I, I can empathize with that. And, you know, I, people, I, I do think it most of it does come from a good place. Um. Mm-hmm. You know, like they are trying, like they're trying to spread the word about something that they think is really important. And I can empathize mm-hmm. with that. Um, we-, we talked about this a little bit on my last podcast, actually, uh, with my friend John. It's just mm-hmm. people just not respecting experts anymore. Yes. And, and of course, like there's reasons behind that, too. You know, Fauci was like, OK, wear a mask, don't wear a mask, wear two masks. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's kind of just how science works. Like science is like, okay, we yeah. think we know this. We're not positive, but this is what it shows now. And then it, and then they figure out new information and then it changes. And, yeah. you know, people want consistency and mm-hmm. that's, you know, and I think that's one thing Trump gave people, not that he's consistent at all, but he says he is, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's consistently an asshole. <laughs> right. He just, and he never apologizes for anything. Yeah. And people people like that yeah and yeah yeah speaking of like the vaccine and stuff it's like you know you have every epidemiologist in the world (laughs) trying to figure out this vaccine and the one thing that's scary about COVID is like you know it's so hit or miss with everyone someone's experience with COVID is so different than someone else and 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 from someone else because your immune system is so you know, obviously each immune system is different, but like in, in the case of my friend who actually volunteered with a, a dog rescue, like she passed away from COVID. She was a nurse, worked in the ER and she contracted COVID, gave it to her son. Her son's fine, but she ended up passing away. And it's like she wasn't unhealthy. Yeah. You know, and especially with all the mute um, variants going around and especially this Brazilian variant that's affecting younger people like this, this you know, it's going to keep mutating. And that's why we should all get, try and get vaccinated and get herd immunity. So that way we can stop the spread of this thing and hopefully one day go back to normal, which honestly, I don't know if there is a normal anymore. Yeah. I don't think that we will go back to normal. There's just no way. Cause if you think about it, 
you know, especially for people who have like anxiety or possibly germaphobic, this just intensified everything by a hundred. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, which and is I, I, scary. I it's sad. Even, even for a lot of people that weren't necessarily that way before, I think uh, just realizing how like one pandemic can just put almost the entire world on its ass. Yeah. Um, you know, we haven't had anything really like that. Like like a worldwide mm-hmm. uh, th- thing happened. Like, At least like not in our lifetime. <laughs> well, that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like in the last, yeah. you know, we had like the Spanish flu like 100 years ago. Um, yeah. But, you know, most people weren't around for that. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I think to some extent people just think, hey, you know, like it's 2021. Like, like we're in the future. Like we can handle pretty much anything now. Like nothing is going to stop humanity. And then COVID was like, hey, what's up? And I'm really interested in seeing what the younger generation, how they're going to turn out like, you know, when they're older. Because it's like, especially for the really young ones, like in elementary school, you who need that social development to interact with people person in person. I wonder how they're going to be like when they're older, you know, how COVID has really immensely hit for everyone. And I at this point with so many people who have died at least at least you know one person you may know who knows someone who had covid or died of covid which is so sad and the scary thing is you can get covid again right you can get it once and then get it again like a few months later yeah so it's like that's why this whole thing is so scary because like we don't know we still it's based off sars but we still don't really know much about it it's been what a year you know like the long-term effects especially yeah i've got I've got a friend who uh, she had a baby in like October of 2019. Mm -hmm. And so it was her first kid. So it's just her and her baby daddy and their dog. Mm -hmm. And so that that kid really just has not had very many interactions with anyone else except besides his Mm -hmm. parents and the dog. And so um, he doesn't like he doesn't really talk. And, like, when mm-hmm. she takes him, like, to the, like, because now things are opening back up, so she'll take him to the park. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really want to socialize with other kids. Like, he always, like, wants to stay with her. Um, yeah. Because you know, he just doesn't know any different. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's, and like you said, we don't know the long-term effects. And that's when people are like, oh, yeah, you get COVID, you get sick, and then, you know, like, you're fine. Mm-hmm. It's like, nah, dude, like, people, people are permanently losing, like, their sense of smell and taste. Like, yeah. that is. And that's just what we know in the immediate. Like, who knows 20 years from now, like, what sort of, yeah. like, effects it's going to have. You know, it's funny. I'm speaking, speaking of that, um, like, kind of that um, social development. It's like, yeah. It's like, how are, these, how are these kids doing it, you know? And then you're going on Zoom online. So it's like, you know, these poor kids. I mean, luckily enough, fortunately enough for us, okay, we've lived through that. We went to high school. We had prom went to college, went through the four years, these poor kids are not going to experience that in like the best part of their lives, you know, something to look forward to. And that has been completely like ripped away from them. Right. So it's going to be very interesting once we go back to quote unquote normal, you know, how are they going to kind of like explode out and be like, you know, are they going to go just absolutely bananas and, you know, tear up the world. But, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting what the world's going to be like even in the next few months. Because I know California's opening up soon. They're opening up at like June 15th. So it's like, it's really, are things really going to go to normal? Or COVID numbers are still really going to go down? I mean, we'll see. 
Yeah. Well, and of course, you just you can't separate America's uh, total just failure with COVID for the most part away from the fact that we just don't have health care for the majority of people <laughs> or like adequate health care. Um, oh, my God. Like I, I like I was like kind of hopeful. I was like I was like, OK, maybe at least COVID will get people on board with Medicare for all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen. <laughs> so. No, definitely not. And it's it's just so sad to see what like what these last few years it's been. And you know, it's really funny too. It's like, you know, parents are experiencing what their kids are really like. It's like I know a lot of moms. I work at a pediatric office, so a lot of the moms are like, "Take my kids back to school now." And it's like, yeah. well, now you kind of know what these poor teachers are going through every day with your kids when you just drop them off and they're crying, crying, crying. You drop them off. You really see, you know what what it's like. <laughs> Did yeah. your kids were like those eight hours <laughs> one, of, one of my friends uh this was like a couple months ago she was like okay like I feel really bad for saying this but like I want to be honest like I'm kind of willing to risk my kid getting sick if it means that he'll be out of the house <laughs> <laughs> man exactly too and luckily you know we don't have kids especially young kids I can only imagine what's like trying to raise a young child through this and they're literally stuck at home. They're just playing the games on the iPads. And they're not going to learn how to interact with people in person. Person, I feel like that's what we're really losing from it. So, I mean, well, like yeah, I said, so- I'm very grateful to be older and going through this. But I, I just feel so bad for that Gen Z. Absolutely. And, the, well, the woman who said this, she has, like, a six-year-old, a two-year-old, and an infant. Oh, God. <laughs> so- oh, God. <laughs> yeah can only imagine i can only imagine what's like and like i said when i work at because i work with pediatric um pediatric office i mean these moms come in they're like we're finally out of the house <laughs> we get to interact with other people but um i know a lot of kids are going back to school now which is which is good but we'll see because now we have to do social distancing it's going to cause a lot of anxiety in kids like you know once we do go back to normal so the future will be very interesting so you're talking about socializing for the kids and I know this is something, this is kind of related. I know it's something you wanted to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. Being a American Chinese person in China. Uh, yes. And like the kind of like trying to socialize and interact with other Chinese people. Um, I know you wanted to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, that Oh my god, that was very interesting. I actually experienced a lot of not hatred, but a lot of like questioning about my identity while being in China. So the reason why I went to China was to connect back with um kind of like the the mainland and you know just try to just explore and push myself to do different things. So being Chinese American in China was very interesting because clearly clearly I fit in, <laughs> you know, I understand the culture so well. Um, I fit in no problem. Um, I really thrived in, in China, surprisingly, but I just met into a lot of locals who were kind of like, you're Chinese, but you don't know Chinese, you know? And I'm just kind of like, no, I don't really know Chinese. And then they would almost like question me being Chinese. And then right. they would throw like racial slurs at me <laughs> like, Oh, you're a banana. <laughs> Or, oh, you're an ABC, you're an ABC, like, Asian, or or American-born Chinese. Or they'd be like, oh, are you even Chinese? 
Oh my gosh. So I've I've yeah. never I've never heard banana before. I'm assuming it's yellow on the outside, red on the inside. Yes. Okay. So I, <laughs> I've I've never heard that before, but I'm having like a like a that's so raven moment, or like a like oh a because so I let with my kids I let them choose team names, and mm-hmm. some like some kids will always say banana, and the kids laugh so hard, and I've never understood. Mm-hmm why banana is so funny to them but now i'm like holy crap that's probably what they're saying man yeah those it's, kids. it's really messed up and you know what's even funnier is that when we hung out with allison or josh and granted they are white and they Very, know chinese they're, they're like some of the whitest people i know <laughs> yes and their chinese is so much better i mean okay to be fair i grew up speaking or i didn't grow up speaking cantonese but i grew up listening to cantonese and it's which is so different from Mandarin. So um, I already had a disadvantage from there. But just hanging out with Allison and um, Josh, and they would just bust out Chinese. And the waitresses and waiters would be so confused. And they always look at me, <laughs> thinking <laughs> I know Chinese. But then they start busting out Chinese. And it's just such a big mind bomb for some people. And I, honestly, I get it. You know, I get it. But it was definitely an identity crisis for me, almost kind of like, you know, not feeling accepted by my own people was right. really hard for me. Um, and I, and a funny story is that I was at a club <laughs> and we were watching DJ Snake and I was talking to these European guys and they were like, oh, you're Chinese, but you don't know Chinese. Like, that's weird. And I was like, oh, not really, because, you know, I, I grew up speaking Cantonese and whatnot. And um my family yeah and whatnot and he was like oh so you're not Chinese then you're not a real Chinese and I was like what do you mean I'm not a real Chinese like just because I'm not from China so I almost fought the guy quite frankly I threw my hands up and I was like look (laughs) are we about to fight right now because I will take you down and I was just so upset like having my identity questioned right was so crazy for me well, I and yeah, it, mm-hmm. sorry, go ahead. No, 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 you know, you go. Um, I remember we were at Heidi Lau with Pam's family, her parents. Our favorite place, man. Yeah. That was our favorite so, place. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's for everybody that doesn't know, it's a bunch of white people, Fern, <laughs> and then you. And the, the waitress, like, was like refusing to believe you didn't know Chinese. Like, it's literally the story of my life like anywhere I go now I just expected people and the only few words I did know in Chinese was I don't speak Chinese and I'm American and once I said (laughs) I'm American people were like oh and one guy goes oh you ABC I'm like god damn it here we go again (laughs) every time we went somewhere and then when someone called me a banana we were at um the OC with the, the club, the floor that bounces a lot. Right. <laughs> and this guy was like, I was like, same thing. Here we go again. Oh, no, I don't speak Chinese. And he goes, oh, so you're a banana then. And I was like, oh, my God, banana. I actually haven't heard that one. But trying to explain someone why I don't know Chinese was very interesting. Something I have never had to do before, honestly, in America. Right. <laughs> And yeah, it was it was really hard. Um, obviously, I learned a lot more about like my culture and where like my family came from. But having your identity questioned 
yeah was was really tough and well, it, not that it you know it was, it was hard and you know i don't think that happens uh as much like like i have like irish and scottish heritage but nobody's like oh bro you don't speak irish like <laughs> or you've never been to ireland before <laughs> right like or you're not real like and it and, it, and it's kind of sad because you know obviously i'm I mean, I'm, I'll say this, I'm proud to be American and I'm proud to, you know, I'm proud that where I came from, San Francisco and such, but man, it, I just remember, it's like that weird feeling of you fit in, but do you really fit in? And I guess that feeling of acceptance, it was really, was just so mind boggling because you don't expect to be questioned every day <laughs> right. about who you really are. And I am very proud to be Chinese American and it, it, it I almost feel shamed that I don't know the language and that yeah. doesn't make me truly Chinese, which obviously I know that's not the case, but well, yeah, it, it was so crazy. Uh, for me, it's like every time I get a new Chinese friend, um, we'll be like out walking around and they'll be like, oh my gosh, that person's looking at you. Oh my gosh, that person's looking at you. Oh my God, <laughs> people are looking at you all the time. And I'm like, or they're like taking pictures of you. <laughs> right right yeah like some people like they'll do like the subtle like they'll like hold their phone like in like a weird angle and I'm like okay like obviously I know you're taking a video right now but like um some people like th- this still happens like it, especially if I'm farther out of Shanghai mm-hmm. um people will just straight up grab me and like, like oh photo, my god photo. really I'm like yeah 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 <laughs> like let's we let's do it let's do it oh no um, do they do you really get asked a lot to take photo oh yeah pretty like I would say yeah, it's it's pretty regular. It's not unusual for sure. Most people just don't ask. Um, and they just most people, <laughs> they just take it. Um, oh my god, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah, but it's definitely not. It's definitely not unusual. I like I, I'm I'm happy to do it. It doesn't really bother me. Um, like when we when we first got here, and you know, it's me, Gabe, and Fern. So you've got Fern, like a big black guy. Gabe, like a very tall Hispanic yeah. man. <laughs> and then me, like a short white guy with blonde, long blonde hair, man, we would like, people were just like, holy shit. Like, what a group. What yeah. a group of people just walking around China. And that was the craziest part. Like, what, you know, I fit in, obviously. So I, I really, I literally remember this. I was waiting on the metro to go to my center. And I was probably on the phone with my mom or something. And I just bust out, obviously, fluent English. <laughs> no, like, accent or anything. And this age, this older Asian guy was just jaw-dropping, staring <laughs> at me. And he was like, whoa, like, she is speaking English. And, like, I and I remember this specific moment when I was going, still going up to my center on um, different days. But um, there was these two older Asian guys sitting next to me and I was just watching my YouTube video my my own business. And I could see he was watching what I was watching. So I shared my screen with him and then he starts talking in Chinese. <laughs> and I was like, in Chinese, I'm like, oh, I don't speak Chinese. I don't speak Chinese. And they're like, huh? And I go, I'm American. And they're like, oh, so they're still trying to talk to me in Chinese. And I was just like, I mean, <laughs> you know, body language, I'll try and communicate with you. But right. I mean, also, like, me not understanding kind of had an advantage because when I pushed my way through the crowds, I was like, if anyone's going to yell at me, I'm going to have no idea what they're going to say. Right. So it's almost like, you know, that language barrier kind of <laughs> helped in a bit. The other day, this was so funny. Um, 
one of my Chinese friends, uh, you're not supposed to ride with two people on the scooter. And, but we were, Oh riding. really? Yeah. So I, I had her on the back and, uh, I just like, didn't see this police officer. And so, cause usually if I see a police officer, I'll just go the other way. Um, but I didn't <laughs> see him. So he like waves us down and he starts talking to her and she just like looks at me with this like blank stare. And I just like look back at her and she just says to me, she's like, what is he saying? And I'm like, what? And she's like, what is, what is he saying? She just pretended to not know Chinese and we didn't get a ticket. <laughs> we, like, cause oh. the guy, just, the guy just didn't know what to do. Like, cause he didn't speak English. Talk totally about privilege just, right there, man. <laughs> yeah. She totally just bullshitted and pretended like she didn't speak English or didn't speak Chinese. And it worked. Um, I mean, to be fair, like, I knew my privilege when I went to China. I knew being an expat, I got treated way better than, like, for example, my friend. Do you remember Lydia? My friend Lydia, my coworker Lydia? Yeah. I mean, we just talk about our own experiences, like, in the center, me being, you know, an expat and her being a local teacher. Oh, my God. Talk about exploiting them for cheap labor. Right. I mean, it was awful. The inequality there was so bad, and I felt so bad because I'm literally taking a nap on weekends. I'm like <laughs> relaxing, not um, planning my classes and stuff, getting paid way more money than she is. And she was like, uh, she led like the events, you know, those like little events um, EF did and stuff. Right. It's crazy the privilege I had. I just felt so bad because there's nothing I could do about it. Yeah, it's been interesting for me because uh, I grew up like, like lower middle class. So like, you know, mm-hmm. not like, impoverished but also like i went to private school from elementary school to middle school so i'm with kids that are like way rich Mm -hmm. um but now like being in china and it's just me like i'm just taking like i don't have a pet i don't have a kid it's any money i get is just money for me and so obviously like i'm not upper class because the rich people Mm -hmm. in shanghai are like (laughs) talk about rich yeah yes (laughs) um but like i'm definitely like i'm and i'm I'm definitely make more money than most of my chinese friends and i work way less than all of them and i have like way more free time and just everything (laughs) it's definitely been an interesting uh like switch and like something i've had to like adjust to um because i mean you know i i try to recognize my privilege but it's like in some ways like I have so much privilege I'm not even aware of. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I I know for me, like, you know, being a woman of color, it's like, you know, I know I did not have, I do not have much privilege here, but man, when I was over in China, I was like, wow, is this what privilege feels like? Like, it's crazy. (laughs) I can do whatever I want. It's like, you know, with my DOS arts director of of, um, the center, it's like, I would always argue with her. Because I was like, what you are doing is totally not correct. And we had our own little fights and such. And I would talk to Lydia. And Lydia's like, I could never say those things to her. Because if, if I ever right. said them, they would fire me. Yeah. And you know me. I'm not going to, like, you know, hold back. No, <laughs> so never. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, I just, feel, I just feel so bad for them. And she's living in, like, a shoebox in an apartment because they're paying her, like, half our salary. Right. Oh, which is so, it's so sad. But, I mean... Like I said, I, I had a lot of fun there. <laughs> Trying to help was great. <laughs> um, you kind of just talked about it a little bit, where you're saying like you don't really get like privilege in America as a woman of color. Um, but I think uh, 
you know, a lot of people will say like, oh, like it's easier to be a woman because, you know, like they get like free drinks and like that kind of stuff. And then um, obviously there's a pretty uh, heavy fetishization, that's a hard word to say, uh, of Asian (laughs) women. Um, And I I, I think some some people would see that as like, oh, like it's easier for Asian women to meet guys. Like they would see it as like a positive. Um, But I, I don't think they realize uh how dangerous that is how how dangerous that is yeah because like it's literally like it's taking away your humanity it's like reducing like what you are to literally just your physicality um like it's it's sex object um yes and especially on like online dating too i got a lot of that and it was it was a lot of like oh you're you're like you're you're chinese but like it, it, I just got a, I, I got a lot of that fetishization. And speaking of like crazy, when I was patrolling the other day in Chinatown, I was me, I was the only girl and I was with like three guys. Like that was our pod, right? And we noticed across the street, this guy is like staring at me hard. Like he was completely staring at me. And we're like, this is kind of weird, like weird behavior. So my friend was like, hey, Jade, like walk like half a block up. And see what he does. See if he runs up at you. I'm like, great. I'm the freaking bait. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if he tries to run up, like, great. I'm I'm the bait here. I mean, granted, those three guys I was with, one of them could easily kill someone. <laughs> so I felt safe. So, I mean, this guy across the street was staring at me hard. And he was, like, weirdly, like, playing with, like, the bushes and the trees. And, like, fiddling around with them. So I'm walking, I'm walking, walking. And this guy would not stop staring at me. And I was like, I don't know, I don't know why he was staring at me, but it kind of made me nervous. It put me in a really like uncomfortable position where I did not feel safe. And it's like, even walking around, like I didn't feel safe at all. So luckily that guy didn't like run up on me and like try to do something to me. Cause that guy I was with would have easily killed him. But um, it, it really put things into perspective where it's like, you seriously have to watch your surroundings a lot, especially as an Asian female. And pray to god nothing happens to you and i take actually have i've been taking a lot of self-defense classes oh nice once a week with my friend um funny enough i took them right before i left for china thinking i would ever use them but surprise surprise china is literally the safest place i've ever been to so i even need it but like definitely here and see what's been happening around with all these robberies and especially towards asian females it's like i there's no other way but to protect myself and it's sad and it's very sad it's 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 come to that you know where i have yeah. to use force so they don't steal like a hundred bucks from my wallet yeah well and when uh what was it a month ago when the guy in what was it georgia um yes killed all those women um mm-hmm. i was like man like what like a clear example of how like these like these it, somebody would see like oh like asian women have it easier because like men are more attracted to them it's like that's such a clear example of how the opposite is true like these women were literally made targets not because of anything they did like that guy had no interaction with them previously he just thinks oh i'm gonna go out and fight you know i'm gonna go out and solve a problem and i'm just gonna do it against these random people um and and you know what's really coincidental about that too it's like you know people are saying oh 
it wasn't targeted. It wasn't targeted. It was an actual like sex problem. Like there were strip clubs a few blocks away right. from there. Yeah, he passed yeah, the you know? strip clubs. Yeah, yeah. He and drove past the strip clubs to go to the parlor, massage parlor. And it was, it's awful, you know, just being like, oh, the fetishization towards females is awful. I mean, fortunately enough for me, nothing serious has happened to me because I am super aware of my surroundings now. And so it's happened, but I can't say that about, you know, all these Facebook groups I'm in and these guys are like complete, just like fetishizing these poor, these poor females. Like we, we don't deserve it. And it's like, we're humans right. too, you right. know? Well, and then, and then, of course, there's uh, – it's so rare here in China to see, um, like, a foreign woman with a Chinese guy. Um, mm-hmm. But then, of course, on the opposite end of it, like, every, every foreign guy has a Chinese woman. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, and so, that, like, that's something, like, I've kind of had to um, think about, like, myself, like – uh because obviously i've dated several chinese women and like navigating um just the cultural differences you know because like all these people that i'm dating like english is not their first language which is already hard enough but then Mm -hmm. there just is like such a huge cultural difference in like dating and stuff Mm -hmm. like that um and so like that's something i've kind of had to deal with and think like okay like how am i supposed to like be respectful and like acknowledge like the individual humanity of these people Mm -hmm. um and not just like see them just you know what I mean like it's mm-hmm. it's it's confusing uh and it's something yeah. that I've had to deal with and have not always done perfectly um and you know like every person is different like obviously not mm-hmm. all Chinese people are have the exact same idea about dating um right. but yeah it's like it and then it, it makes it hard to know when when something does go wrong in a relationship I have to think like, okay, did something go wrong because there's a cultural difference Mm -hmm. or was this like a personal, like me and this other person problem? Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a challenge, but what are you going to do? And, you know, it's funny speaking of cultural differences because my boyfriend is Irish and he's um, British at the same time. So not only (laughs) are we dealing with two different like ethnic cultures, but we're also dealing with nationality cultures where it's like, you know, he, you know, we would say two different things <laughs> and I'd be like, tomato, tomato, you know, kind of stupid stuff like that. But yeah, it's it's a pretty big cultural difference. But it's like, I think the biggest thing is as long as we're open-minded and we're respectful, right? Yes. And making sure, like, you know, we're just not being rude. Like, for example, I was watching 90 Day Fiance and it was this, you know, white guy dating this Filipino girl. And then he went to the Philippines and went to visit her family and the Filipino family cooked up this beautiful pig like beautiful full roasted pig <laughs> and the boyfriend would just not eat it <laughs> and oh he was gosh. like that just <laughs> looks ridiculous like I'm not eating it but in our culture that is so disrespectful because that's oh, yeah. saying your food is bad right. you don't want to eat my why don't you want to eat my food you know so there's there's a huge cultural difference and my biggest thing is like as long as we're understanding and realizing oh that might be disrespectful like and we just realize the cultural differences and how do we how do we bridge that you know without being disrespectful so yeah there's a huge cultural difference and i would i would say um like the flip side of that coin like where problems arise because of it um the the positive to it is i think it does actually also help in a way 
because 100% yeah because like when you're faced with like very clear differences then you're able to like work through it together um mm-hmm. and so uh I, I think it's helped me out a lot I, I haven't I have not had a girlfriend since I was like a high schooler before I came here uh-huh. because I yeah. just never wanted one like I had like relationships like I had like people that I was seeing but they were never my girlfriend and mm-hmm. I kind of assumed like like that I would be this great boyfriend um Mm -hmm. because I saw other people in their relationships and I'm like oh there's where they fucked up there's where they fucked up like I just won't do Mm -hmm. that and then like come to find out like uh it's actually kind of hard like (laughs) yeah um or just being in a relationship in general is hard exactly yeah and so I, I think it's definitely helped me grow a lot and um I was talking to my sister and she she said um she was like I think like I've seen you apologize more since you've been in China than I think probably in your the rest of your life combined um just like because I've just become so much more like conscious and like asking people like okay like how does this make you feel like just being more Mm -hmm. aware of it um I'm sure it was a big cultural shock shock for you as well just going to China in general and just trying to adjust to I mean culture shock absolutely yeah it's so literally day one uh you know we're at the hotel and <laughs> Fern and I Fern yeah. and I were gonna go find some food so we we've maybe walked like two minutes away from the hotel and there's like this big mall and these two little boys like they could not be older than three these two little boys mm-hmm. pull their pants down to their ankles pee in the street <laughs> high five each other and then just run opposite directions down the road. And Fern and I are just, like, standing there. Like, we just, like, stopped in our tracks. We're just standing there watching these little boys run away. And I'm just, I, I like, look around, and I'm like, where are these kids' parents? Like, these, these are, these are, like, literally, like, toddlers. Like, they probably don't talk yet. And they just yeah. eat in the middle of the street, and now they're gone. And I was like, damn, like, we, we are in China right now. Like... Here we go, man. Day one. What a culture shock right there. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I love it. I love China. I don't, I mean, I don't think anybody's mm-hmm. going to be surprised to hear it. But like you said, this is the yeah. I've ever been in my entire life. Yeah. And, and do you remember, two- do you remember when um, me and Josh got lost like the first week we got lost? So do you remember that? Vaguely. Okay. So let me tell you, let me remind you. So we were at some bar where the Domino's was. Remember that? And that guy had the yeah. monkey. <laughs> yes. Um, we were, there. oh my God, that poor monkey, by the way. But um, we were like, oh, let's go. Let's go to an after party because the club promoter, Darpin, was like, oh, there's a there's an after party here. Let's Darpin. all go there. Oh Darpin, God. man. What a guy. Yeah. You haven't heard that name in a long time. I have not. Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, the girl me and Josh were like you know what let's experience China let's get in one of these tuk-tuks <laughs> pay the guy to do it. Josh and the guy were like bargaining back and forth back and forth and we finally paid him like 30 RMB or something like that and the tuk-tuk guy you know Josh and I having the time of our lives he dropped us off in the middle of nowhere <laughs> I'm talking about like we the first week in China no middle of nowhere so josh and i are like oh where are where is this place so we put in google maps yeah not the smartest choice hello 
right. we're trying to find this club. <laughs> okay, we're walking. This is like 20 minute walk. And we run into like this um Chinese lady and like this white guy she was with. And we're like, hey, we're lost. We're trying to find this club. And the white guy goes, you guys need to figure it out. And we're like, no shit, we have to figure it out. Can you help us? Like, it's literally our first week here. This is like 2 a.m. in the morning. And I ha- it was just so weird walking around and just feeling like safe. You know, like nothing's going to happen to me. But anyways, long story short, we run into these younger Chinese guys. Um, luckily, they sort of knew English. They called us a taxi, <laughs> got us home, Lord knows how, but. It was just nice walking around thinking, rob me, <laughs> or yeah. you know, no one's gonna try and steal me. <laughs> so that's one thing I definitely miss about living there is just feeling safe, having my headphones in at three a.m. and just walking around, and you don't even realize that's such a great thing <laughs> until right. you live it. You know. Well, I was I was talking to Tay the other day. And she was telling oh me. Oh my how, gosh. She is yeah. where is she now? In like Morocco or something like that? I forget. I can't I can't keep up. Fair um, enough. <laughs> but yeah, so Tay was saying, like, it's like three in the morning. They're both super drunk. And she's like, and we're just like walking down the road. And she was like, and I was just they were just so happy because they were like, we're totally safe. Like nothing mm-hmm. is gonna happen. And they're both like so pretty and small gorgeous people they yeah. really are okay yes. right off you're listening you guys are gorgeous people yeah like inside and out beautiful people yes um, yeah and they're like she was talking about like how safe they felt and yeah like it, in america like when my friends go home like when we would separate i would always say like text me when you get home mm-hmm. and i would so i would just say it to people here and my Chinese friends were always just like, why? Like, why do you ask that? And I'm like, well, you know, I guess, like, now that I think about it, I say it in America because I'm genuinely concerned they won't yeah. get home okay. <laughs> and I uh, know, totally to be back off that. It's just, it's just this, this feeling of security that you won't understand unless you're in it, you know? And I, like I said, I really never felt how grateful I was to be able to feel that feeling of being secure because now when I walk around even in my neighborhood you know we have a lot of foot traffic in the um where I live which is awesome but like I can't have you my headphones in always watching my back seeing if a car stalking me um making sure someone's following me it's it's pretty sad honestly what what it's become as well especially now I definitely have to do that but um in China dude I didn't have a worry (laughs) about it walking around me and no, josh you were living, you were living your best life. <laughs> i really oh my god don't get me started i'm just so sad because with everything with covid i never got to say goodbye like i never said goodbye to my apartment yeah i said goodbye to you but it wasn't like a goodbye i'll never see you again it was more like oh you know i'll come back home after when i come back from japan yeah you're, um, you're really like the only person i actually got like a goodbye with yeah Everybody else it, that left was just like, all right, see you later. And I'm like, peace. Like, you and I actually, like, spent, like, we had dinner and we spent, like, like five minutes, like, talking and hugging and being like, I love you. But <laughs> even then, I mean, like, oh, absolutely. But even then, it didn't feel, prob- it was you not know, fi- like. It was not final. Yeah. No, it was like, I'll see you in, like, three weeks. <laughs> And we were and we were still just like, this is the hardest thing ever. Oh my god, could you imagine? And I think about this all the time, but could you imagine if COVID never happened and me, you, Gabe, Sophie, and Anika went to the Philippines? 
Oh my god. I know I don't I like still to think, think about, about it. <laughs> I don't like to think about that at all. <laughs> I mean that would have been oh my god, Andrew, that would have been one for the books. Let me tell you, we would have had so much fun. Me and Anika would be sitting back on the beach relaxing <laughs> and just losing you guys <laughs> at all times. Right. Hurting hurting sheep. Oh my god. I just oh it makes me so and it, like I almost feel like I was like ripped away at the end and it kind of does make me sad still. I mean, all my shit's still there. It's still in Lydia's <laughs> apartment. Not going to lie. All my clothes, my important documents that I still need to get back are in China. And it's like, it, it really makes me sad thinking that I never got to say goodbye. And yeah. it's, I mean, especially with my awesome apartment, like my, my coworkers, the kids I taught, even though I only taught them a few times, Oh god, I, I still think about it. What it would have been like if it was different, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and Fern leaves here in like two weeks, so I'm gonna be literally the last one standing out of all those no people. No way. Said. He's leaving. Yeah. He's leaving. And but I Josh is still there, right? Josh is still there. Yep. Josh is always living his best life. Shout out to Josh. That's my guy. Shout out to He's Josh. Always... Shout out to Josh. He is my guy. Oh my god, yeah. And Sophie's apartment. I don't yeah. know how you're doing with all those stairs. That was insane. <laughs> I've gotten used to it. Like I don't even think about it anymore. Except when except like when new people come over. Um, <laughs> I've I've carried I've carried some people up those stairs as way of apology. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Oh my god, that apartment holds so many memories. Remember when we just got Thanksgiving, all of us at my apartment and you got stupid drunk and I, I somehow <laughs> You're like, do I remember? I'm like, uh <laughs> Remember that bat costume I somehow got on you, and I needed a way to get rid of. And I was like, you know, why not take advantage of Andrew, who's stupid drunk right now, put it on him, and just go to town with it, man. That was so fun. I think that was the last time we all really hung out, like all of us hung out. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, shout out to that group, man. Late August, what were we? August something <laughs> onboarding group. That was such a fun group of people, and it was it just really sad was. not really saying saying goodbye like properly to everyone. Yeah, no, it was you know? crazy how that all turned out. Yeah, and then like, oh god, I miss them so much. That's why I say like we all need to have a big reunion somehow, somewhere in the states because we're not allowed in China right now. Right. But, like, <laughs> you know, just to, just to see everyone again because it just makes me so sad thinking like you know we were each other's family. Right. We didn't have family over there. We spent Christmas together, Thanksgiving together, all these big holidays, and it's. You know, it's sad it, we never got to say goodbye. And Absolutely. that's such a, you'd be surprised how big <laughs> just a small little goodbye w- could be. And it, you know, it is what it is. You know, I'm, ba- <laughs> I'm back at home now for what? It's been like, what, a year and a half? Isn't that crazy? It's been like a year and a half. Yeah, no, it is crazy. Oh, man, like, but Andrew, oh, it's crazy. It's sad. <laughs> All right, I know you got to go. I do need to eat. I've I do have work tomorrow, but um, I do want to say thank you so much, Andrew, for having me on. I pray to God I can see you at least one more time, so I can just give you the biggest hug, and we can eat a Heidi Lau and just <laughs> drink our trauma away. <laughs> I love that. You're the best. I, I miss You're you the so best. Much. I do. I miss you too. We just vibe so well, and we just had yeah. the best time right. all the time, all and the best time all the time. Honestly, and we just totally took advantage of it, and <laughs> I'm sad now, but it's okay. I'll see you soon. 
I'll okay. definitely see you eventually. Deal. Maybe not soon, but eventually. <laughs> eventually. <laughs> eventually, yeah. But um, tell everyone I say hi, and I'll talk to you later, man. It was nice Will talking do. to you. Yeah, nice talking to you, too. I love you. Yeah. I love you, too, Andrew. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Hello. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Welcome to the first ever post discussion. Man, there. <laughs> here's here's another uh, school alarm. I swear, like they haven't gone off the entire time that I've been like doing other things on my phone. And then as soon as I go to record, here we go. Anyway. So I was looking at the uh, the app that I use has like some analytics shows like the numbers and stuff for how the podcast is doing, who's listening, et cetera, et cetera. I thought it was kind of interesting, and I figured since we've done a few episodes now, those numbers are worth looking at. So I figured I would tell you guys about some of them and uh, just talk about what I think. Yeah. So first off, uh, the most successful day we had was March. 10th I th- wait March 10th March 11th on March 11th 72 people listened in um that was that was about a week after the episode with my sister which was the most successful one so I assume that probably plays a significant role in it um but it was a Thursday so I don't I don't know maybe you guys just really like listening to the podcast on Thursday I don't know weird Next, audience details. Obviously, the biggest amount of listeners are from the U.S., not a shock there. Second biggest, U.K., not a shock there. Uh, Next is Hong Kong, which makes sense because I think most people that are listening here in China are using VPNs. So uh, a lot of those go out of Hong Kong. I know mine does. Um, But then some weird ones. Uh, We've got Guam, Pakistan, Puerto Rico, and Germany. Now... I know with VPNs nowadays, it's a little harder to know if those are actual listeners from those countries or if just someone's just using a VPN located there. Here's another fucking... (laughs) Temporary pause to talk about... Oh man, there's a song coming. Oh crap. I feel it. Maybe not. Usually there's a song that plays around this time. Anyway, aren't aren't the Chinese school bells so much more fun than just the ringing in the U.S.? Anyway, back to the analytics. Yeah, so I don't know if those people are actually in those countries or if someone's just using a VPN, but I just thought that was interesting. So if you are in any of those countries, hello, thanks for listening. How the hell did you find me? Please let me know. Also, there's people listening in China, which I also don't understand because... Being in China is one thing, but it literally says it's in China, and China blocks uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify, which are the two main streams that people use, and I think they also don't, I think I have to use a VPN to access this app, so I don't know how they're listening to it. So if you're one of those people, also please reach out and let me know, because I'm curious. Um, Spotify is the most popular place to listen with 42%, but then Apple Podcasts is right behind it with 40%. I usually, when I post 
about it, I use Apple because I just assume more people have access to Apple because it's free, um, but I'm not sure. Then 13% listen on just other. It doesn't specify wit, like what it is. So I don't know what that is. Um, I don't know where you're listening to it, but also let me know because I'm just curious. And then 3% of you listen on Anchor, which is the app that I do all this on. The age, uh, the ages, 0% of listeners are ages 0 through 17, which is probably a good thing uh, considering what we talk about on here. Uh, the largest age group is 23 to 27, not a shock. Uh, we've also got listeners in 18 to 22, 28, 34, a sizable portion, 45 to 59. So shout out to you guys, whoever you are. And then uh, 1% are 60 plus. So I think that's my grandma. So hi, grandma. Love you. But 0% are also in the 35 to 44 age bracket. So I don't know what the hell is up with that. Uh, apparently I'm just not interesting to the older millennials. So, you know, I'm not trying to get you guys anyway. And then finally, we've got the, uh, gender split up. I thought this was kind of interesting. The male 59%, female 39%. So I feel like that's pretty good. Uh, not quite an even split, but you know, 40, 40, 60 is not bad. I'm, I'll, I'll take it. And then 1% is non-binary. So... I, that's probably one person, <laughs> I assume. So, hey, shout out to my one non-binary listener. Um, I kind of hope Rebecca Sugar heard me and Rob talk about her and listened to the episode, and that's that's the non-binary person, but I doubt it. Uh, anyway, <laughs> for our one non-binary listener, thanks for listening. So those are the analytics they show me. I, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. You guys might think it's boring. But if you did think it's boring, you already listened to me talk about it for five and a half minutes. So I guess you're just screwed. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, if there's anything you'd like me to talk about on the podcast or anybody specific you'd like me to talk to or you want me to talk to you, um, I'd probably be happy to do that. So just reach out. Let me know. Um, yeah, just reach me out on any of the social media apps you probably got me on. So thanks for listening. If this wasn't interesting keep to yourself. I thought it was. Anyway, later. Stay safe out there.